You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Uh, the year of discipleship, right? We've been talking about that. Last week we introduced the theme. I'm very excited. feel like that there is a, uh, I love that song, Hosanna, which that word Hosanna is just a biblical term for adoration and praise. Hosanna. And I am so excited about what God is doing. I give him the praise for already what I'm hearing about discipleship and some of the things that we're, you know, getting ready for and preparing ourselves for. It's, it's going to be awesome. Also, we are in January, so we're in the beginning of a year. It's a new year, which, which causes us to reflect on some things. Obviously, the theme, which was last, year, last week, we wanted to reflect on that, make sure we got that out, and what is the purpose behind it, what is discipleship. This week, with it being a new year, we've got uh, our, our giving, uh, our budget that's coming out this month to the church family. Uh, there's a lot of work that's being done right now in our offices with our elders, our, our, uh, our financial pastor, and so all of that is, is important. And I wanted to share in the early days of the year a message from God's Word appropriately and Spirit-filled preached about generosity, uh, about giving, but, but much more than that. This message, I've already preached it once. As you know, we had a 9 o'clock service. And I'm going to tell you, I feel so blessed by God to have this word for you this morning. I really do. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm praying for you to receive it uh, with open hearts. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how God is going to use this in all of our lives, the Capaci family, your family, our church family, in the year 2021. Our text is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Our title is Releasing God's Abundant Blessing. And I have a picture there, and I'm going to explain that picture in just a moment. I had Ken, our graphics design guy, do a little work for me this week, just because I wanted you to have a picture, something that you could, uh, you could visualize that has to do with an incredible passage of Scripture. We're going to get to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, a New Testament passage, but for now, let's go to a very familiar Old Testament passage in the book of Psalms. In chapter number 23, I believe this is a scripture definition of abundance. Are you ready? Here it is. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Now think back for just a moment. Visualize that picture we just saw a moment ago. My cup overflows. And then the energy just picks up in verse number 6. Where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I mean, my cup is overflowing. Surely, as a result of my cup overflowing, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if I were to give one word to describe that, those two verses. One word to describe the two verses we just read. Are you ready? It'd be the word abundance abundance it is incredible the passionate heart that god has for his children and god listen does desire to bless his children abundantly now before you get too much ahead of me there's so much more to this than just finances don't worry i I am not a get rich quick preacher I, i have no schemes for you this morning i have none of that i have just the word of god And the heart of God here this morning from his word. And I know that according to his word, he desires to bless his children abundantly. That is a fact. 
And so the heading, headline of our entire message is, how do we experience the abundant blessing of God? How do we experience that? Well, I have for you this, this, this morning four things that we need to realize. Four things we need to realize. Now, sometimes realizing something takes time to think. It's a process. It takes much more than a 30, 35-minute message, 40-minute message. It takes time in small group. It takes time in maybe our personal devotions or even a conversation with family on the way to the restaurant or the dinner table or the lunch table. So please, take this much farther than I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get, bring it this morning. But I believe there are several things that we need to realize if we're going to experience God's abundant blessings. Are you ready for number one? Here it is. It's in your notes. Number one, we've got to realize that God wants to bless his children abundantly. He wants to bless us. Ab- got to realize that. That's God's heart. That's his desire. And yet the truth is that so many believers are not experiencing the abundant blessing of God. Hey, I've been there. That's how I can say that. I've been there. I have been in a place several times in my Christian life of 40 plus years now of being a follower of Jesus Christ. I've always been blessed. I don't think I've ever lived a day where I couldn't say, man, God's good. Where God's blessings are there. I mean, needs are met. I mentioned last week, I've never truly really suffered for Christ in a way that I would, 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 would note. I mean, I, I mentioned last week about always having a pillow to sleep on, a soft bed, meal, roof over my head. I mean, I've been blessed. But there's been times in my life that I've experienced a a, a lack of abundant blessing. I've gone through some of those valleys, if you will. We even sang about those valleys. God is in the valley with us. But we go through those valleys at times. But make no mistake about it. God, even in those times, wants to bless us abundantly. And that's the picture we have in Psalm chapter 23. So as we look at that picture and we see the cup that is running over... And, and it equals abundance. So how do we get to that place where our cups, our lives, if you will, this vessel that we call Erica Pacey, uh, uh, whoever you are in the building, I won't start naming names, whoever you are, you are a conduit of blessing. God wants to use you to abundantly bless others by abundantly blessing you. How do we live a life of cups running over? How do we live a life where we, God releases his abundant blessings through us? More than we need. More than just getting by. Abundant blessings. You see, God desires that for his children, just like I desire that for my children. God has blessed me with five incredible kids. I love each and every one of them uniquely and individually. They're all really cool. And I, I love to bless them. I love to give to them. My son's birthday, my oldest son turned 30 this week. He's officially old. He's an old man. I'm not the only one anymore. 30. Wow, I'm loving it. So Mo had a birthday this week. So I'm on the road with him, actually traveling with the Tiger some this week, driving the bus for him to Kansas City. And uh, we're celebrating today. So I called my wife, said, hey, honey. What do you think? You know, and we talked about it. We talked to Zoe. We talked to Chloe. You know, we got some advice on what to give. And I'm telling you, I can't wait for him to open his gift this afternoon. I'm so excited. Spend a little extra money. You know, I mean, I, he's my son. I love him. He's my firstborn. He just turned 30. And he's probably depressed. I want to encourage him a little bit, you know. So I got him a really cool gift. And I can't wait to give it to him. I think it's going to be incredible. It's going to abundantly bless him. 
in a way that he's going to receive something. It'd be materialistic. It costs me money, but I, I love doing it and I have no regrets. How much more? How much more does God want to abundantly bless his children? And yet, why is it that so many followers of Jesus Christ are not experiencing the abundant blessings of God? Why is it as we look across the landscape of Christianity, we see so many families that are maybe struggling in an area of relationships or marriage or business or finances. I mean, there's a number of things that we just see even amongst followers of Christ not living that abundant life. Proverbs chapter 11 has an incredible passage of Scripture. As we look at the book of Proverbs, we, we think about Solomon, right? Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. And he wrote this book under the inspiration of, obviously, the Holy Spirit called Proverbs, which gives us insights into living. Honestly, it's one of the greatest books in the Bible you will read to receive insight into how you should live your life. And one of those things is how you, should, how you should manage your life, how you should manage your finances. The book of Proverbs is full of incredible insights. We find one of those in Proverbs chapter number 11. Solomon gives us how abundance works. Here it is. It's very simple. He says this, one gives freely. So we have this one. Let's just put him over here. Here's this dude. And he gives freely. I mean, he just gives every time he gets a chance to give. He's excited about it. He loves to give. He loves the announcements about giving. He loves the offering. I mean, he just gives and gives and he gives freely. And yet, somehow, he grows richer. Oh, get that. How does that happen? I mean, really? That, that, wow. So he gives a lot and he gets richer. And then we have this other guy. He's on the other side of the auditorium, on the other side of the platform. And the Bible says, another he doesn't give freely. That's the guy over there. This guy withholds. He withholds what he should give. He should give it. He just doesn't give it. He hoards it. He keeps it. And the Bible says he suffers want. One gives and shares and blesses and gets rich. One hoards and stockpiles and is in poverty. These verses are the principle of abundance. Well, that's Old Testament. It's very true, though, isn't it? It's very powerful. And, in addition to that, I'm done. My message really is over. But here's the deal. If you've ever written, uh, read a book about how long a preacher should preach, it's like at least 30 minutes. So because that's pretty much it, and the message is, I mean, if you walked out of here and just did that, I promise you, you would pretty much get what I have to say. But since I have to preach at least 30, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so what I want to do now is I want to break that down in a powerful way. I want to use a powerful passage of Scripture to break down another powerful passage of Scripture. And the context here in 2 Corinthians is Paul is thanking the church for its I love this word. It's one of my favorite words, generosity. It's just a beautiful word. It feels good to say it. It's, just, it's a pretty word. It's a smooth word off the lips. Generous. He's generous. He's generous. Paul is thanking the church for being generous. Now, this church had some serious issues. Trust me. <laughs> if you know anything about the church at Corinth, wow, they had a lot of issues going on. But let me tell you one thing they had down. 
they had down giving. They had generosity down. They, they just had it down. And, and so Paul was coming back around to the church because there was another offering he was needing to take. Oh, preachers are always needing to take another offering, right? And sometimes we hear this around churches and it gets kind of, it's kind of the negative talk. Oh, here we go again. Another air conditioner breaks down the HVAC. Fun. You know, I get it. God loves a cheerful giver. I'm with you. And so we hear all these offerings. Well, Paul was excited about it. He said, hey, we got it. And I know you guys love to give. He goes, and, and you've been so good about it. You guys have blessed us so many times, and we have another opportunity. And I just want you to remember, Paul says, I want you to remember, and, he, and he, that's why what we're going to read in just a moment is the passage that Paul shares with the church about remembering what God did in the previous offering. And, and we, since we need another one, I just don't want you to forget. And so let's look at that passage. Are you ready? Second Corinthians chapter 9. And I want you to follow along with me <clears throat> and read this. I'll read it out loud. You, you just follow along. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, no pressure. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace Here it is, abundant, all grace, abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. And in addition to that, he will even increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So you can be generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints... But it's also overflowing into many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they, they will glorify God. Why? Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. And the generosity of your contribution for them and for a lot of other people too. While they long for you. And they pray for you because of your surpassing, the, the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Wow. Now, if you look at this passage and begin to break it down, you'll see that there's really two separate messages here. One, we begin in verse number uh, six and uh, go through verse number nine that basically shares with us how we can experience the abundant blessings of God. But then... You've got verses 10 through verses 15, which helps us understand what exactly do we mean by abundance. Well, we mean much more than just money, although it includes money. So let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at these things. Let's break down these verses individually. Number one, we said this, God wants to bless us abundantly. We've got to realize that. Are you ready for number two? Number two, here it is. We must realize 
that there are more than just one kind of blessing. There's several kinds of blessings or several kinds of abundance. All right. And so I want to break that down. What are some of the ways that God. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Abundant finances. Look at verse number 10 in our text. He who supplies seed to the sower, the farmer. He who supplies the seed to the farmer and bread for food, our basic needs, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. What is Paul talking about here? Are you ready? Real simple. Money. God talked a lot about money. In fact, money is is talked about a whole lot more in Scripture than heaven or hell. Money is mentioned often in Scripture. And Paul here is talking about money. God is able to give you finances. God's able to do that. Why? Well, look at it. Again, in verse 10. Just follow along on on the screen. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed. Look at it. For hoarding. You see it, right? For hoarding. It's obvious. No, it's not. It says for sowing. How foolish would it be for a farmer to sow one row of carrots and then complain that he doesn't have a great harvest? Hey, Dad, we've only got seven carrots in the fridge. What's up with that? Well, I don't know. What do you? Well, we only sowed one one row of them. That's all we got, Dad. You can't expect to get a harvest with one row of, of 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 carrot or corn. But wise is the farmer. Wise is the farmer who says, all right, guys, let's get that seed. I know it's going to be a lot of work. I want to make sure that every single inch of our farm has seed in it. I want to have a harvest, a bumper crop. I mean, I know we're going to have to deal with weeds and we're going to have to deal with insecticides. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of work, but I'm so excited about sowing this seed over our entire uh, farm because we are planning on a great harvest this year. Wise is that farmer. God doesn't give you more money so you can keep more, but so you can give more. That is the reason why God gives us more. Because only God can multiply your seed, your finances. And if you spend your money, isn't it amazing? When you spend it, it's, it's gone. It's just gone. You spend it and it's gone. But if you sow it, if you give it, Isn't it amazing how God multiplies that? How God abundantly blesses your finances. If we give our money to others in in need to kingdom work, we multiply and God returns it to us tenfold and more. And I'm testifying right now when I say that. I'm testifying. I mean, God is good. And this is just one of the ways we've got four more to talk about. This is just one of the ways that God blesses a generous person with abundant finances. So God gives us finances, but that doesn't always mean blessing. In fact, I don't know about you, but I used to kind of wonder about how this kind of worked, where someone would see somebody who was rich or had a lot of money, and the first words out of their mouth was just like it was just normal to say, well, God must be really blessing them because they have a lot of money. Well, God could be judging them. Doesn't mean that it's blessing just because they have wealth. Maybe they're being judged. Maybe it's dishonest gain. Maybe it's gained through hoarding. 
And if wealth is gained dishonestly, it will diminish. It will slip through your fingers or your family might disintegrate or you might lose your life. How many of our people have I talked to personally who had so much but really had so little? Some people who are wealthy, in contrast, have been blessed because it's come to them through a spirit of generosity and they live for and they love the kingdom of God. Some are blessed financially because they're generous. They give. And we desperately in this day and age need God's blessing upon our life in this area. Maybe you're here this morning and this would be an area that you would say, yes, I desire that. Well, don't forget right now at this moment what the Holy Spirit might be dealing with your heart about. So let's move on to the second because that's just one way. Are you ready for the second way that God blesses abundantly if we're generous? Secondly, abundant righteousness. Look at it in the text. You'll see it in verse number 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing, that's money, and in addition to the money, he will increase the harvest of righteousness in your life. Abundant righteousness. That's another kind of abundance. It's character growth. It is life transformation. It is a life that lives for God and loves others and is blessed by God. It doesn't say here he'll increase the harvest of your 401k. It doesn't say he will increase the harvest of your portfolio. It doesn't say he will increase the harvest of your business plan. Although God may do that, no doubt about it. That is one way that he could abundantly bless you. But it says here that God will increase the harvest of righteousness upon your life. And I I can tell you this for sure. I know who the happiest person on planet earth is. I don't know his name. I don't know where he lives. But I know this, the happiest person on the earth is the most righteous person. The most righteous person. If God has rained down righteousness in your life, he has blessed you abundantly. If you are truly a giving person, if you are truly a loving person, if you are truly a humble person, then you are blessed indeed. When you get blessed with a dose of righteousness, you don't really care about money. When God blesses you with a dose of righteousness upon your family, when God blesses you with godly children, when God blesses you with things like that, I can assure you, you can care less how much money you've got in the bank. That's what John meant when he said in the book of John, in verse The third John, verse 4, he said, I have no greater joy than when my bank account is full. I have no greater joy than when my 401k is performing really strong. I have no greater joy than to see the stock market up. No, he said, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. This, my friends, is to be rained down with righteousness. Hosea put it like this in a beautiful way. Chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground. Why? It's time to seek the Lord. Why? That he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And that's the kind of storm you don't want to stop. You want to stay right in the middle of that storm. (laughs) 
When God is reigning, righteousness, oh God, do it again, God. Do that for gospel light. Bless our families, God. Bless our families with devotions. Bless our families with godly children. Bless our families with prayer. Bless our families with, with, with holiness and righteousness. Amen. That's where the real joy is. And God blesses us abundantly. God says to this Corinthian church, you were so generous that God has increased the harvest of righteousness in your life. I met a man not long ago who had had so much. He had the cars and the houses and land and finances and money. And he had everything you could ever want, but he lost it all. He looked at me. This is several years ago. And he just said, I'm happier than I've ever been because I just got born again. I got born again. Can I tell you? Knowing Jesus Christ is worth more than all the silver and gold this world has to offer. And your children knowing Jesus Christ is worth more than anything. Abundant righteousness. There's a third type of abundance. It's found in verse 11 of our text. Look at it with me if you would. Verse 11 says, you will be enriched. That's abundance. You'll be enriched in every way. Wow, every way. Not some ways, not a few ways. Every way. To be generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing into many thanksgivings to God. Number one, abundant finances. Number two, abundant righteousness. Number three, you ready? Abundant ministry. Abundant ministry. Sometimes the abundance that God gives is simply the fact that he uses our life. He uses us. That's an amazing thing. If you've ever been used by God, you know what I'm talking about. And do you know that there's nothing in life that's greater than God using your life for a kingdom cause? Uh, can I just say a word? I love to brag on our people. And, and I just want to say this, just from my heart, even though they're here. But James, you blessed me a week and a half ago. We're sitting at San Francisco Bread Company, the only restaurant in town. And uh, <clears throat> I love that place. So I'm sitting there, you know, quiet, having a good talk. James brings his friend Cage. They've known each other for a long time. But what was beautiful about that testimony that you heard last week as we dunked Cage in the water. What you heard last week was the story of a man in our church who God used to bring somebody back to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, as I sat there and watched you, James, your pastor's heart was, I was just overflowing with you. I'm thinking, James is like a little kid in a candy store. He was just like, I beat this Preacher, I've got so many ideas. We're going to do this and help this. And can you help it? And, we're gonna, and I'm going to call this guy and call that guy. And I'm going to see what we can do. And I'm like, you're a new, this guy, it, not that you have not been like this in the past, but sometimes we go through those seasons where we just want God use me. And then when God does, it's like, God, do it again. This is the greatest. This is awesome. God used me to bring somebody to Jesus. To be able to be used of God. To be able to stand back and say, I made a difference. Wow. God used me. That, my friends, is abundance. Sometimes when we're generous, God will pour out abundant ministry 
on us. It's one of the ways that God blesses us with abundance. Just being able to share with someone about the love of God. Being able to just share with someone about how good God is and how much God loves them. I mean, just being able to do that. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's why we're blessed in the first place. We're not blessed so we can keep it to ourselves. We're blessed to be a blessing. Why do I get? Why do I receive? Why does God pour out abundance upon me? So I can give it. That's why. Do you know that God is abundantly blessing our church with ministry? It's true. I don't always get to share it. Probably the only way you would really hear about daily abundant blessings in our church would be if you call the prayer line because you'll hear this young hyper preacher, young, sorry, old hyper preacher say, oh, thanks for calling Gospel Light. What a great day we had yesterday. That's just how, because I'm so excited. I mean, usually in a 24-hour period, a lot of credible stuff happens around here. Lives are being changed every day. We're having conversations. We're, we're talking about vision. We've got people that are being, uh, uh, testimonies are being taken and counseling's taking place and people are coming back to God. And it is amazing. The ministry opportunities. This week I got to travel with the Tiger basketball team and just hang out with those guys and love on those guys and, 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 and spend time with them and, and with Mo and Jesse. And just, I can't tell you how much I enjoy just being used of God to be a blessing, driving a bus this week for a basketball team that, that needed some encouragement, some love. Can I tell you something? I could care less about the title college president. I could care less. I just want to be a Christian that loves people. And I don't get it. I don't get these preachers that say, I'd be a good pastor if I just loved people. What what are you thinking? That's what being a pastor is all about. Loving people. Ministry. Caring for people. Reaching out to people. This is what abundant blessing is about. It's one of the things it's about. People need our generosity. They need us to give them time. They need us to give them sometimes money. Sometimes people need us just to give them our our, our words of encouragement. Sometimes. You'd be surprised at how far that will go. Are you ready for number four? Abundant finances, abundant righteousness, Abundant ministry. Then look at verse 13 in our text. By their approval of this service, they will, they, they, who's they? All the people that saw all this stuff happen. They have seen the proof of your love. Let me ask you this. If I were to walk up to you and ask you, what is your general opinion of, not, not of, Christians, but of being a Christian. I mean, in the Bible, what would you say should be in a Christian? I think all of us would agree. Would we not agree? I'm not, I'm not trying to be controversial here, but if somebody were to say to me, what is a Christian? I would say, what's somebody who knows Christ, somebody who loves others, somebody who lives according to the word of God, somebody who gives and shares and loves and pours their life out. And I mean, surely we would all agree that to be a Christian means a lot more than just like this title means a whole lot more than just going to heaven. In fact, somebody asked someone the question, are you a Christian? And he said, yes, I'm saved. He said, but you didn't ask me if I was saved. You asked me if I was a Christian. And being a Christian 
is a whole lot more than just being saved. And so if you and I today were to talk about what does it mean to be a Christian, look at this here. By their approval, the proof, that word proof. In fact, your translation may have the word proof there. By the proof of your service, they, all the people who saw what happened, what you did, how you were abundant, how you abundantly blessed someone, they will glorify God. Here's why. Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. A couple of things here. There's a couple of things here that your generosity will prove. Number one, your generosity will prove that you are the real deal. Abundant finances, abundant ministry, abundant righteousness, and here's number four, abundant relationships. If you are truly doing what a Christian should do, living it out, not just talking the talk, but what? Walking the walk, then others are going to see that. Others are going to be attracted to that. Because guess what? They've got an emptiness in their heart. Let them see Jesus in you. And when they see that the confession of your faith is real, they don't just talk it, they walk it. They're the real deal. Our generosity proves that we are not just playing a game. We're not just here for the social side of things. We're not just here so we can say tomorrow at work, yeah, I go to church. No, we are here not just as a Sunday morning Christian, but a Monday morning and a Tuesday morning and a Wednesday morning. We're here to be salt and light in a very dark world. And if there ever was a time where people needed to see Jesus to prove that we really are who we say we are, it's the day we're living in. And then secondly, I want you to see another thing that a generous person proves. Notice it goes on to say in the last part of that verse, and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, verse 14, while they long for you, they long for you. What does that mean? Well, that's the second thing that happens. That's abundant relationships. That means when you are a generous person, when you live a generous life, You have no problem with having a lot of relationships. It's amazing. But the more you're willing to help people, the more people are willing to be helped. Sometimes that can be a little bit of a nuisance. Sometimes it can be a real blessing. But honestly, to me, it's worth it. When you always make time for people, guess what? You'll always have people that need your time. Amen. Are you generous with your time? You know, sometimes I wonder when somebody says, well, I just don't have any friends. I'm thinking, that's not abundance. God wants you to have relationships. Are you pouring into anybody? Are you, are you attempting to develop relationships? Are you giving your life away to someone else? Because I can assure you, it is in God's economy that when you spend time, when you're generous with your life to others, you will have relationships. God blesses that. The person who is available will will, will never long for relationships. The person who is always ready to give a little bit of what they have to help someone, you will always have an opportunity to do that. Always. A little bit of your finances. A few bucks here and there to help somebody out. Maybe teaching. Maybe counseling. Maybe just serving. Just giving a little time, one hour a week to the church, just to serve, help somebody out, lighten the load relationships abundant relationships and then number five look at verse 15 
Honestly, when I first read this verse in the context of the entire passage, I honestly asked myself the question, what is that verse doing there? It kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, Paul's doing all this teaching, that all of a sudden Paul just like goes into this tirade of praise. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that thing just kind of shot out from nowhere. You know, just a few words, Paul just kind of having a praise time. Well, it's my fifth point. When you're a generous person, God blesses you with abundant worship. Abundant worship. Paul is saying that only Christ can do something like this in a person's life. Only Christ can take a selfish, self-oriented person like Erica Pacey. You heard it. I'm selfish. Everybody, everybody hear that? Let me just get right on the table. I'm selfish. So are you. Quit thinking you're not. We all are. Amen? I like my time. I like my money. I like my things. I like my schedule. I like my world. I mean, I want... Right? Come on now. Can we, can we get honest? Can, can we just get open here today? Can we be transparent? Only God could do what he's done in my life. Erica Pacey is selfish. But Christ in me, my life yielded to him. He has blessed me. He has given me this generosity. He has put inside of me a love for people. I want to say about that, thanks be to God for your inexpressible gift. God, thank you for your generosity, which is teaching me to be generous. Thank you, God, for your giving spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave, I want to give like you give, God. Abundant worship. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Well, let me ask you a question. Of those five things that we mentioned in the message, what is your greatest need? Can we take just a minute? I'm about to conclude the message. The last part goes really quick. So could we take just like 60 seconds, maybe two minutes? Could you meditate with me for just a minute? I'm going to talk about like this low because I want you to think about it. Which one is it that you're lacking? Is it abundant finances? Is it? Think with me for just a moment because we're going to talk about how God can release that in your life. Would you say, yeah, I struggle with that. I just struggle with giving and sharing and I tend to be a little... I'm always analyzing too much and I just... Is it, is it abundant finances? Is, is that your need? Or, or, or is it abundant righteousness? Maybe you're struggling in a certain attitude. You just got a bad attitude. You're judgmental. You're critical. You like your sleep more than you like your Bible. And you're struggling with pornography. Maybe you're struggling in an area of holiness. You're just struggling and you just want God to bless you in this way. Is it abundant righteousness? Or maybe is it abundant ministry? What have you accomplished for God's kingdom lately? When's the last time that that you brought somebody to Jesus Christ, were used as a conduit of the gospel of Christ, to share with someone, to bring them? When's the last time you had a visitor in church? That God used you. God, I want to be used, preacher. I just, it's my schedule. I've just, I've got so much going on. I I just shudder at the thought of somebody actually needing to talk to me because I've got two. Can I get it? I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm. But do you want to be used? What about abundant relationships? Maybe you're here and you're alone. You're just alone. You find yourself just sort of alone. 
Could it be potentially that what you need is for God to abundantly bless you with relationships? Is that what you need? I'm going to share with you how you can get that. Number five, is it abundant worship? You're just going through the motions. You need a fresh move of the Spirit of God in your life. We sang a moment ago, you turn graves into, and you just need to stop at graves. You know, gardens, what's that all about? I mean, I'm just, I just have no energy when it comes to worship. I have no real desire to want to worship. I just feel as if my, my spirit is just sort of, all right. The first thing we've got to do is this. We've got to realize what blocks God's abundant blessing. Are you ready? Number one, stingy giving blocks God's abundance, his flow of abundance. That's the first thing. Look at verse 6 of our text. It says here, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully remember our initial illustration there's one who gives and and who gets richer and there's one who hoards and he gets poor (laughs) he loses it all maybe not his money but he loses maybe his family he loses his life he's depressed money's not doing it for him but he just keeps it whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly stingy giving blocks God's flow of abundance. And did you know that amongst the followers of Jesus Christ, the more a person has, the less he gives. Recent statistics say that if you make $10,000 or less, that average person gave to charitable organizations 5.2% of their income. Those who earned ten to 20000 gave 33 and those who made over 75000 gave a whopping 1.6%. Seems like the more you get, the more you hoard. You say, why is that, preacher? It's called, you ready for this? Human nature. (laughs) It just is. Only God can do this in the life of a person. I can't do it. No pressure here. Only God can do this long term. Only God. I'm going to tell you real quick, four areas of giving. Number one, and this is where we can kind of think about 2021. Tithes and offerings to your church. That's the first way you can give, tithes and offerings. My wife and I give a good 95% of our giving goes to this church. We, we love to give to our church and, and we, we love to invest in the work of God here. It's a decision that we have made to give to our church. It's a decision about what I believe about God. It's a decision about what I believe about myself. It's a decision about what I believe about God's economy. And God established the local church and we give the majority, my kids, my wife, we give the majority of our income, of our giving to the church. But there's a second way you can give. And you can give other gifts to ministries that you believe in. Again, the majority of my giving goes to this ministry. But I do give to the Salvation Army every year. I give to the Gideons a good amount every year. I love to give the Samaritan's Purse. Those are really good organizations. And they come here. And I give to those organizations. Sometimes I even give to missionaries. Apart from my missions giving, I'll give a little extra. Maybe just because. That's a good way to give. A portion of your income. Ministries or people that you believe in. Number three. The third way we can give is we can give to the poor. We can give to the poor. Needs we see for the poor. 
Let me encourage you not to be so scared about giving a dollar to somebody that's on the side of the street asking for a buck. Don't, don't be too afraid to give that. Don't overanalyze that thing. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Well, you, you don't. Maybe they'll do some good with it. I'm not suggesting you give every time, but I am suggesting you look for opportunities and don't be afraid to give when the Holy Spirit says that's an opportunity. Give that right there to the poor. Give that to that person. Help that person out. Minister to that person. Sometimes they come to church and it, 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 you know, if, if we, we, we do some screening, but we're not, we're not afraid to give. In fact, we don't have a lot of extra to give here. But you know one thing I'm going to tell you, church? We're having an elders meeting tomorrow, and I'll just give the elders that are here a little insight. I'm going to challenge our elders to start what I'd like to call a blessing account. Just a blessing account. Prepared about that, Doug. I'll present it tomorrow. I'll present it to the church today. I think it'd be cool that anytime somebody just wants to give a few extra dollars to what we call the blessing account, that way we've got a little bit of money that if somebody needs it that's poor, we can bless them. All in favor say aye. Any opposed no? And it's carried. Good. Okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about a percentage of the budget even. I'm just talking about anytime somebody wants to just throw a little bit extra, you know, knowing the church, the neighborhood we live in, trust me, <laughs> it happens every day. It'd just be nice. So that's another way we can give. The fourth way we can give is random giving to others. Just random. Like, okay, I was at McDonald's the other day. I get to the, I order a coffee, a large coffee with cream. Good stuff at McDonald's, by the way. I go to the next uh, window and she says, oh, the guy that in front of you paid. I'm like, stink, I should have got a number two with large fry in the malt. I didn't, but I got a $1.92 coffee. You know what? That guy was a random blessing to me. I didn't recognize the car. I don't know who he was. I seriously doubt he even knew who I was. Probably the Holy Spirit just said, hey, what's that next guy over behind me? And he said, a buck 92. Put that on my bill. Isn't that cool? That's random, but it was fun. You ever done that? Look for ways to do that. Little random blessings. Way that you can help somebody else. The second way that God, that, 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 that we block abundant blessing from God is this. Compulsing, compulsive giving blocks the flow of God's abundance. Look at it in the text. Verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. It's not for me to tell you what to give. That's where sometimes I'm afraid we get upset with the pastor. Look, it's not my fault that I'm preaching this. It's God's fault that he put it in the Bible. I'm just the conduit. I'm just the messenger boy. I'm not telling you what to give. I'm just telling you that you need to give something because God said... You've got to decide yourself, what are you going to give? And then when you decide that, don't do it reluctantly. Oh, here comes the gully guy again. Billy Graham's devotional. <laughs> I got to get through this. Oh, all right, whatever. Okay, listen, here's my suggestion. Don't give. I'm not even mad about it. I don't know that the Bible's upset with it. I mean... You know, you got to deal with a few things in Malachi that may come on your life. But other than that, I mean, if, if, if you don't want to give, Scripture says don't give. Don't do it reluctantly. Don't do it under compulsion because somebody's... Pre- no pressure here, I promise you. God's taking care of our church. God's blessing our church. God's helping our church financially. I'm so proud of the generous people here. It's amazing what God's done with what little we have. God seems to just always come through. Wow, God's pretty rich, isn't he? (laughs) So God says, look, don't give 
by compulsion. Don't, don't give out of pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's what God loves. So now let's talk about what releases God's abundance in closing. Number one, generosity releases the flow of God's abundance. Generosity. My favorite word this morning. Generosity. God loves, it says, a cheerful giver. Again, I have that 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 on the screen. And it, the last five words capitalize, God loves a cheerful giver. You say, what does that mean? It means what it says. That's the guy that like when he walked to church said, I can't wait to the offering. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Hurry up, worship team. Hurry up. Get the songs over. Ushers, bring the plates down. I can't wait to give. Woohoo! You know what that means, cheerful? Hilarious. So if you're laughing, it's good. If I'm making you laugh right now about how I feel about giving, and I do feel that way about giving, I can't wait to give. I'm, I'm usually the first one down, partly because I sit on the front row, secondly because I want to be. I'm so excited. You can ask people that know me. I love to give. I love it. I mean, God loves a cheerful giver. It's an amazing thing. I think God in heaven looks down sometimes, and when he sees somebody pumped about giving, he says, man, that makes my heart happy. I had a lady walking out of the building today. She told me the cutest story. She gave me an envelope, and she said, I want you to give this. Of course, you know, I'm thinking, Sure. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking, man, maybe this is a big check, right? I'm a preacher, you know. We get excited about big offerings, you know. And so she said, let me tell you this story. My grandson was in church last week. And it came time for the offering, and he, he had $5 that he had gotten last week from a chore that he did. And he said, Grandma, I want to give my $5. And she said, well, you, you know. You don't have to give all of it. You can just give a portion of it. And, and she, he said, no, I want to give all of it. So he walked down, she said, and gave the $5 in the offering plate. And he walked back, seven-year-old kid, sits next to his grandma. So this week, she said, he got from a relative somewhere a check in the mail for $100. This seven-year-old boy said, mama, mama, God took that $5 and gave me $100. And she said, well, what do you want to do this week? He said, well, I want to just give a portion of it. <laughs> so, so I love it. She gave me an envelope with $11 in it, which I thought was cool. That's a tenth in, in a dollar as an offering. I thought that was so sweet. And she said, preacher, what you preached this morning, if our kids at a young age can get a hold of that, it'll revolutionize the church in the future. Generosity. God loves that. God loves a cheerful giver. You know, I can say this. I've learned from people. I've not always been a cheerful giver. God's had to work on me through guys like Cliff Kaufman, who passed a few years ago. He was the most generous, cheerful giver, Sonia and, uh, Sonia and uh, Bud's uh, dad. And then I've learned a lot of giving from a guy named Bill Nelms, Bill and Barbara Nelms. They've been members of our church for about 25 years, they are generous givers. They've had to stay home because of COVID because they're taking care of Barbara's. I think Barbara's mother lives with them and they're having to be really careful, which I get. And then also I've learned a lot from Doug Gully. Doug's taught me how to be a generous giver. He's very generous. And I've learned a lot from one of our newest members, John, who holds the door here. Almost every week, John walks up to me and gives me a roll of 21s and just says, give them out this week as you feel led. I've already given two out. 
I, I like to give them to little kids. If you're a little kid, come on up here real quick. If you're 10 or under, come on. Yeah, come on. We're going to divide this up. 10 or under, come on. Come on, Candace. You ready? You're going to get all of it? Come on. Okay. Come on. All right. Anybody else 10 or under? Aren't you guys glad you didn't go to junior church today? Okay, look. Four, five, six for you. One, two, three, four, five, six for you. And one, two, three, four, five, six for you. Wait a minute. Seven. Seven. God's perfect number seven. Don't forget the tithe. Ask your parents what that means. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. All right. Every week, every week, John gives me that and says, hey, preacher, have fun. Have fun. And I do. I've never done it like that before. I just thought, I didn't even think about that. I didn't do that in the first service. I just did it in the second service. Number two, and I'm done. Faith accelerates the flow of God's abundance. Faith. It really boils down to faith. Look at verse number eight. And God is able. Do you believe that God's able? I believe God is able. He's able to make all grace. You know what I look at all grace as? I look at all grace as the five ways that God can bless abundantly. Abundant finances, abundant righteousness, abundant ministry, abundant relationships, and abundant worship. God is able to give all of that. Wow. All grace. He can make that abound in you. And having all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may what? You may have abundance in every good work. Abundance. Your cup overflowing. Can I close with my favorite giving verse in all the Bible? There's a lot of them, but I'm going to show you my favorite. I bet it's somebody else's favorite. You ready? It's Luke chapter 6 in verse 38. It's my all-time favorite. Look at this. Give. So I give... And then it says, and it shall be given to you. Wow, this is cool. Give, and it's given back to me. Now what? Good measure. So as I give, whatever I give, it'll, it'll come back to me in the measure, in the, in the measure that I, I gave it. That's the last part of the verse. For with what measure you use it, it'll be measured back to you. So, so give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Now here's the fun part. Press down. So God says, I'm going to give it, and I'm going to press it down, and then I'm going to shake it. And then we're going to press it and shake it, and press it and shake it, and press it and shake it until it's overflowing. Wow. You can't outgive God. It's taken me a long time to learn this. But I told my wife on Christmas Day when we gave our gifts to Jesus, I said, honey, I want to figure this verse out. I want this verse to be my verse. I want to find a way to give and give and give and give so God can give and give and give and give back, press down, shaking together, running over to where I am just a cup running over. And goodness and mercy is following me everywhere I go. I'm not talking about just money. I want to give love, Eileen. I want to give you love. I want you to know you're loved by God and by me. I want... Molly, I want you to know how much I love you and appreciate you. Your first time to come to church here, right? But she works for the college. And she's such a blessing. She is an encourager. Molly, can I encourage you for a minute? You must be tired of encouraging people. You need to be encouraged. Then I want to give money. Every now and then I want to buy a cup of coffee or pay somebody's rent. 
or maybe give a little extra money for I like old Jerry is Jerry here today where's Jerry Jerry where you at you need a dollar <laughs> alright I'll give you one after church Jerry alright I love old Jerry if you ain't met Jerry yet you ain't met what gospel light's all of that's just gospel light right there Jerry I love him he's funny Jerry you can't spend it on tobacco though okay alright okay okay I want to give a little money out. I want to give I want to give an example out so that others can see God in me. I want our young people to know that living a holy life is is rewarding. That to give away your body and 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 to drink alcohol and and to live a life that's loose and just to fit in and that life is going to lead to some very serious consequences. But to live a life, even though it's hard sometimes, and it's really, you know, sometimes it, it, you take some criticism, trust me, when God rains righteousness down upon your life, you're so much happier than if you were to smoke marijuana, use drugs, have sex before marriage. Just throwing that out there. I kind of want to, I mean, I won't, not everybody's going to go for it, but I just kind of want you to see that in me. Like, man, Eric, you know, he, he does live what he preaches. I will give him that. I, that. That, Thank you. If I can just do that, I feel like I've lived an abundant life. If I can just be the same person at home that I am at church and the same person at church that I am at home, that's, to me, that's an abundant life what you need this morning. I don't know what it is God wants to do, but I'm asking you to look at that list of five things and this morning say, God, I want to become a generous person so you can bless me this way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for today and for this service and for what you've done. God, touch the hearts of our young people, touch the hearts of our children, touch the hearts of our adults, our moms, our dads. May this conversation not end in five minutes when the response time is over, but may this conversation go into our dinner tables and our lunch tables and our devotions. May we talk about money. May we talk about righteousness, holy living. May we talk about serving and ministry. God, help us to talk about relationships. Father, may we talk about worship. God, may we be blessed abundantly at gospel light in these areas in this coming year. Please move and work. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand?